Let's do it. Welcome back to the Stars Made Me Do It. We are all here. We are all ready to go. And we're continuing on with asteroids. We're talking about Juno. But before we do that, since it's been a minute with the three of us, how you guys doing? I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just laughing at you being like, we're ready to go. Like that was like a pep talk for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> we are Here's ready to here. go I mean, that was a pep talk to me as well right i mean yeah i yeah. felt ready yeah, until all of us yeah felt ready until i got called out for it but uh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no that was funny yes How are you oh doing? you know what i was thinking um in case you're absolutely new here and have never listened to an episode maybe introduce ourselves this one oh. time oh <laughs> okay you know yeah i'm martha i'm me (laughs) i'm sierra (laughs) that was awkward there you go that's our intro you're welcome oh no but that's actually such a good idea because i feel like people are tuning in for like the asteroid episodes where it's like oh hey that's interesting i just want to learn about juno and yeah they have no idea who we are but we are yeah well we're three separate awesome fire signs go check out our instagram to figure out more yeah there you go yeah speaking of that why don't you also check out our patreon we have been uploading uh weekly exclusive content every week and so we have four cheers four cheers to choose from we have four (laughs) tiers to choose from (laughs) um starting at just five bucks for a cup of coffee basically a month you can support the podcast and get access to the episodes early a couple days early and you would also be called the pop stars our rock stars tier is 10 bucks a month you get 50 percent access to all of the exclusive content So basically you would get um, every other week, you would get access to that episode. And then our shooting stars, which is 20 bucks a month, you get all of the exclusive content. You get to pick an analysis episode for us and you can actually come onto the podcast and do an analysis with us, which I would be so psyched to do because there are things that like the three of us have not all watched or all read or all seen that it would be like, I would love to do a Grey's Anatomy analysis. So if anyone wants to Mm -hmm. do that- join the shooting stars and you can come on the podcast and analyze that with me. And there are a lot of other options. And then our last tier, the superstars, $35 a month, you get all of the above. Plus you get a chart reading with one of us and we'll use your chart as though it's like part of the firestorm. So when we're talking about an educational episode, like we're talking about Juno today, we would bring up your chart and we would talk about your Juno placement. So you get a little bit more personal info. And that's our Patreon. So join us. It's uh, patreon.com slash the stars made me do it. Yes. And like, yeah. I'm, I know all of this and I just got pumped listening to you explain it. I'm like, Sierra, join I'm our like, Patreon. Heck yes. I will join a Patreon. Talk about my Juno. <laughs> Girl, we're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. but that's yeah. Seriously, I'm I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased with all of the Patreon stuff we've got going on. It's really fun for us, for listeners. It's just like adding a whole new dimension. It's finally happening. So we're really yeah. Excited. It's joining like a yeah. friendship. You know, I feel like yeah. it's you get to hang out with us. We talk about the transits every week, which we don't do on this. You know, on the regular pod. Um, but yeah, we talk about the transits every week. We reflect, we do some fun rambles. Like it's a good time. And I really like the idea of superstars because we get to know them over time and they're like, yeah, they become our besties. They're part of the firestorm. Yeah. Like I literally was just talking to one of our like Patreon, you know, superstars where it's like, I know you now, (laughs) I know you. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Which is really cool. So 
yeah so thanks for that epic yeah intro and loving the pop stars rock stars shooting stars superstars very yes (laughs) but let's Let's move on to juno do it yes so juno is an asteroid which if you haven't been following our kind of asteroid series we talked about ceres and vesta and now we're talking about juno kind of in the right order because it was discovered that was the third asteroid of the quartet to be discovered. And I actually saw two different numbers, but I read that it was discovered in 1804 and then I read 1805, but I'm going to stick with 1804 because it, it feels right. It feels right. Um, Juno spends about four months in each sign. It takes about four and a third years to travel through the entire Zodiac. So if you think about it, like every four, almost four and a half years, you get a Juno return. Ooh. I didn't even yeah. think to look at where Juno Me is right either. now. Me either. Where is it I right now? I think it's in Virgo. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But Juno, what I saw was that it's the most comfortable in Libra, apparently. And we'll get into why that is and like the keywords and what Juno's energy is, but very much tied to like Libra energy. I Ugh. can see that. I can see that. And yeah. what was like Vesta, we said, was like tied to like Virgo Scorpio energy. The Virgo Scorpio and, and Ceres was Taurus. This is like in between that Virgo Scorpio energy, you know? Oh, got, yes, it is. We got uh, Juno squished in there. I like it. Um, yeah. But like we always do with our <laughs> always the two times that we've talked about asteroids. We talk. <laughs> We uh we like to do a little bit of the mythology behind it. So Martha and I are gonna dive into the mythology part of it. And um, I mean, Juno is like the Roman goddess, but it, you might also know her as Hera from you know Greek gods. So that's I'm a Greek god person, Greek myth person. So I was like, oh, oh, Hera, all right, all right. But what do you got for us, Martha? Oh, well, the main things that I wrote down about the mythology is that she's the daughter of Saturn, wife of Jupiter, and the mother of Mars, and she's known as the goddess of marriage. And I just, the main thing I wanted to talk about with the mythology were just those relationships. So maybe I'll talk about it after we talk about the mythology, just then we'll know what Juno is, and then I'll be like, wow, I love these relationships that created her. Just the basic mother of Mars and she represents Libra energy. That is really fascinating. Yes. And I have so much more to say about it, but I think we should just talk about all of the mythology first. Love it. Love it. All right. I'll dive a little bit more into just like knowing, you know, about Juno slash Hera, which uh, just like for our other asteroid episodes, you know, every, you know, all of the planets, all of the asteroids are all named after these, uh, these gods, goddesses, and it goes along with the traits, you know, from the myths, which I just find exceptionally fascinating. So uh, from Mythopedia, which I learned is a thing, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the info that I got from Mythopedia. So Juno was the Roman goddess of marriage, like Martha said, um, of home and of family. And she was a champion of women and protector of the Roman state. And she was married to Jupiter and AKA Zeus. And so she was the mother, midwife, queen, and light bringer. She was also Mm. considered a moon goddess, likely for her association with the waxing and waning of the celestial body, which in turn symbolized the cycle of growth and decay that defined all of existence. So like big deals here. (laughs) Yeah, that about covers everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really like the mother, midwife, queen, and light bringer. I really like that 
like ways to kind of mm, yeah, just like beautiful. we we say, you know, what, like Sagittarius is the archer. It's the philosopher. Okay. Like this is great to think of Juno. Okay. The mother, the midwife, the queen, the light bringer. Um, just like, uh, Martha said, daughter of Saturn, which I know we talked about this with Vesta, but makes so much sense with, uh, yeah. it made a lot of sense with Vesta. Oh my God. Daughter of Saturn. Like just thinking of that as a parental figure is very fascinating and sisters of yeah. Ceres and Vesta like you know we already talked about and we have the, side note that means Mars is Saturn's grandson <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny when you like say it like that <laughs> but I also, love that so much I really want to explore that but at the same time I mean we're talking Greek and Roman gods so like incest AF and I mean mm-hmm. Jupiter is also like Saturn's child and is married we need to a family Juno. tree of the planets yeah yeah I mean, like it's very incestuous basically brother sister are married it's zeus and zeus and hera like juno and jupiter that's like they're both children of chronos saturn so mm-hmm. yeah um I... <laughs> no go for I... it are you done with the mythology though can i go into the relationships I just wanted to like quick drop a Sierra's brain mythology. This is just from like, because I am a mythology fan. Um, Because Juno's, I learned that Juno's based off of like Greek goddess Hera. And I never really thought of that, like the Roman gods being based off of the Greek ones just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But she, she was always left in the dust by Zeus. Like if we're thinking, you know, the, the mythology of uh, just knowing the Greek mythology, Hera Mm. was always like cheated on and Zeus was going around having affairs left and right. And she was pretty sassy. And like, she was very, I feel like she, I don't like, don't quote me on this, but I feel like I remember her being like loyal, but like totally knowing and that he was doing all these horrible, like, you know, he was constantly cheating on her and her being like really sassy about it. Um, so hmm. when we'll like get into her representing this commitment, marriages, betrayal, infidelity. And I was like, wow, it makes sense that she's like this commitment and marriages person, but at the same time, yeah, like has all this loyalty, has this like crazy experience with the betrayal and infidelity because, um, yeah, Zeus was just like going around and making babies with everybody. But I think mm. I read that Juno represents like ha- how, how, we are receptive to like if someone cheated on us or like how we yeah. deal with jealousy or how we deal with like possession and yeah no that's what like i'm that. saying like it makes sense because it yeah. is this like position of like okay you know commitments and marriages but also exactly what you just said how we deal with this stuff because yeah slash juno certainly was dealing with it see that's yeah. why i love the mythology because you're like oh that's why this uh, asteroid represents that But I really want to talk about just how, like, the daughter of Saturn, when I think of a marriage, uh, like, Saturn is something I think of because there's a lot of growth. What? It is something you think of or not? It is. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because first of all, contracts. Second of all, there's so much growth and, like, they're difficult. So I love that she's the daughter of Saturn. And then wife of Jupiter, like. I see Jupiter coming in play with relationships too. Like, and Mars, mother of Mars, Mars is literally like so key in a relationship, like Mm. that burning flame of passion. When you first meet someone that lust is all Mars. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because she being like Libran energy, she's Venus and father is Saturn. And those two energies are very key. And like Venus Mm -hmm. is the love and the like 
all of the um, like rainbow side of a relationship. Well, most of it. And then Saturn is more like, okay, but here are the rules that you really need to follow. And she is Venus energy, but she's been parented or she's been influenced by Saturnian energy. Yes. Yes. Love it. Oh, I love that. So I guess we should get into sort of the keywords, what she represents, like we said, commitment and marriage, how you handle commitment, what marriage looks like to you, um, how you handle betrayal and infidelity. And by commitment, it's like unwavering loyalty and unwavering commitment. Um, It's also how you handle or what you desire when it comes to compromise in relationships, like the give and take, very Libran. And what motivates you to be in a relationship? And then to top it all off, classic Libra, how we seek balance. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting thinking about like, where is Libra in your chart as a house versus where mm. is Juno in your chart as a asteroid? How those or if things... you're me, they're the same. <gasps> oh, you got so much yeah. Venusian influence going on there, you little Taurus yeah. Libra. I know, but hey, it's something not in Taurus. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. If you're new here, literally, I'm all I feel like I'm all Taurus whenever we talk about new placements and stuff. Um, but here's a great quote from astrology.com. The Juno placement in our natal astrology chart reveals our key motivators for being in a relationship as well as our core wounds related to attachment. So I feel like it can also talk about like our tendency toward like codependency versus independency. Mm. Um, and I'll get into it more, <sighs> you know, like when we talk about our own personal Juno placements, cause it really rings true. Um, you know, when I look at it for myself, I love that the, yeah, like the attachment detachment, just thinking mm-hmm. yeah, between knowing, okay, you're Libra and I'm Sagittarius, like, of course, yeah, I'm the most exactly. freaking independent person. Anyways, yeah. that's another placement for Sagittarius for me, but a new placement for me, me. This is exciting. <laughs> Wait, you have Juno Sag? Yeah. Yeah, you guys oh, have the same Juno. Yes. Nice. Which makes sense because you were born like 4.3 years apart. <gasps> oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, Martha, you were bur- born during my Juno return. Oh, mm. I'm, your, <laughs> I'm your real wife. Yeah, she's your soulmate. <laughs> yeah. I'm your what? real wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what that means, right? That yes. Is absolutely what that means. Guillaume, please don't listen to this episode. No. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to break it down a little bit, but um, time passages. So the app we love for it's on your phone, it's on the computer. Um, for just reading charts gives us a really good description of Juno, how it shows up. So um, quoting time passages here in mythology, Juno, or like the Greek Hera, was the wife and consort to Jupiter. And so in astrology, Juno represents the partnering energy of intimate relationships. So I like that kind of partner again with that Libra. Um, This is also the territory of Venus and the moon, but where Juno seems to differ in is in representing the partnership energy in a new light, as in confronting the more modern issues of where the boundaries are with another person, how much sharing is Mm. appropriate versus holding back, as well as how to deal with bitterness, jealousy, or projected authority and control that's thrown onto another person. So I find that really interesting. I need a minute. Yeah. I need a minute to digest that. I know. I was going to pause. I was going to pause. Don't worry. (laughs) 
in representing the partnership energy in a new light, as in confronting the more modern issues of where I like that. Yeah. More modern issues of where the boundaries are with another person, how much sharing is appropriate. Yeah. That's beautiful. It, it sort of leans into Scorpio energy a little bit, especially just like partnering energy of intimate relationship. Yeah. Mm. I, I also feel like it's the, we think of Libra as, I mean, Libra is the, we've, discussed it many times the I'm going to brush mm. it under the rug and yeah. this is like but in a marriage you can't mm. just brush it under a rug in the partnership Very like true. there's only a certain degree of brushing under the rug if we're going to make this commitment you know mm. at last like how or how we're going to handle a lasting commitment um so I like that it is you know talking about like the okay we're talking about bitterness we're talking about jealousy we're talking about yeah. you know authority and like where you're holding back where you're not holding back different boundaries so it is it's mm. almost like the the more nitty-gritty Libra uh yeah it's Libra parts. with some Saturn in there it's Libra with some Saturn yeah mm. oh I love that love that so to continue on from that, uh, Juno also stands for intimacy needs in general. And I like that we, mm. you know, we've talked about like, when we were talking about Lilith and it was like very much like more like sexual related things. I like that this is like mm. intimacy. Like that's yeah. how you feel intimate with your person or, you know, your partner. Um, yeah. Closeness. Yeah. And that is, I can kind of see where that moon um, energy is coming from too, because it's not just relationship. It's like the, I want to know the, the depths and the emotions behind that, like, and my emotional mm, fulfillment. Totally. Um, so when Juno is prominent in a natal chart, all of these types of issues are important to the individual. And if Juno is aspected by another planet, these issues may be colored by the energy of that planet. So, you know, if like, you've got mm. a conjunct your sun, if you've got it opposite your Mars, whatever it is, um, and then Juno's position by house and sign is an indication of the area of life in which these issues will be most important. So when we do go mm. through each of these signs, um, sorry, each like Juno through the signs, we're going to also mention the houses because that is like, remember, like the houses are the where in your, in your chart. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. And I actually read that with Juno, it's important to see like the house is actually the possible location of where you're going to meet these yes. important relationships yes yeah and sign yeah. placement is more as the main like inner motivating factor of seeking a relationship mm -hmm. or a partnership yeah yeah so interesting <gasps> <laughs> i cannot wait to share my story later about exactly what you just said about how weird it is is like how you meet someone holy shit this is gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so Juno is a good placement to look at or to discover where and how you meet your person. And I kind of wanted to do a quick side note. We haven't really talked about Vertex on the podcast yet, but I feel like that is where I learned, like where you meet your person. Vertex is called the faded meetings placement. And it's a V with an X uh, if you're looking for the symbol, which we have to describe the symbol of uh, Juno. So good luck to both of you for doing that because... Oh, mm -mm, oh I'm me. ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was thinking it'd be fun to, instead of just looking at Juno, although for this episode, we're definitely looking at Juno specifically, but if you are really seeking like your partnership, your relationship um, to add all of the relationship placements together, you know, like the seventh house and Juno and Venus and the vertex mm -hmm. and like find a story there, what they all, like how they all connect to each other yeah. and then go to that fucking place 
and meet your person. <laughs> go, go, go to that there. fucking place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love I love that. this quote by Karina Chrysler. Uh, she's an astrologer. This love manifests when we are ready to receive the love that we need and not necessarily the love that we think we want, which Ooh. doesn't that scream early twenties? Mimi. Yes, it does. Oh, oh. that's <laughs> called yourself out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like that's something yeah. that so many people need to hear because it's been a theme in my life of like, I don't know, just, it's not the love that you think you want it's when you're like ready to receive what you need beautiful and is not always easy yeah. yeah yeah and then june is also a multitasker so anyone who has a juno heavy chart that may indicate that you're a good multitasker so what does a juno heavy chart look for for anyone new so uh, any like any big aspects aspects yeah, to the sun yeah. Any of your points in your chart. Yeah. So if you've got <laughs> like living. your sun conjunct or Mars conjunct or anything square, anything trine, uh, which if you don't know what any of this jargon is, go check out our aspects episode where we go over all of the, like that jargon. Um, but basically if anything that's very important, uh, in your chart, like including your chart ruler, which is the planet that rules your rising sign, uh, if, Juno is making any important aspect to any other planet in your chart. It's something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like when you said multitasker, I was like, oh, well, I've got Juno part of a stellium and yep. Multitasking yeah. feels right. <laughs> well, what was interesting about the three of us was that each one of our Junos is making an aspect to our chart ruler. So yes. I'm a Leo rising and my chart ruler is the sun. Mine is like opposite my sun. Um, Sierra, yours is Jupiter and it's your Juno is trying your Jupiter. And then Martha, yours is Mercury and it's trying your Mercury as well, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah Leo placements. Um, so I guess we should go through uh, Juno through the signs. Uh, so Sierra, you want to kick us off with the cardinal signs? I do. Should like, we'll go through the signs and then we can like talk about our personal, I don't know, connections and placement to it after. Like I won't, yeah. I'll try yeah. not to jump in as I'm talking about these. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for Juno through the signs, we're starting off with Aries. If you have Juno in Aries or in the first house, and this is from astrology.com where we are sharing this info for you guys. Um mm. You have partners who keep you inspired and active, keep an eye out for passion that leads too far into drama. Juno and Jupiter were both known to take things too far, even after a hundred years of marriage. Keep your eyes peeled. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your eyes peeled at the gym or while you are out and about. Mm. Fun. Yeah, I like that. Wait, maybe we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't comment on each one, but that that was exciting. <laughs> oh, it's Aries, you gotta keep it exciting. Yeah. Uh, all right, do you know in Taurus or in the second house? Uh, this placement craves partnership centered on stability and physical security, such as financial resources. Beware a possible materialistic desire instead of one focused on grounded connection. Ideal long-term, long-term partners may pop up through friends of friends or a matchmaker, which is interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that for the second house. I would have thought more like meet them at a workplace or at a bank or mm-hmm. at like a nutritional store or something. <laughs> Me too. I, I okay. have to comment on this later though. So let's, I need to note that one. Okay. 
Juno in Gemini or the third house. This placement seeks mental stimulation as well as someone else to bounce ideas off of or communicate often with, possibly even too much. (laughs) The shadow side of Gemini Juno could be social without one-on-one relating. Learning environments could be prime places to meet a partner. So it's cool. Mm, Interesting. Mm, That makes sense. Or taking a course or something. That was not my case. (laughs) Well, social in environment. The third house. It's in the third. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Social environment. It was, yeah. yeah. All right. Go on. Juno and cancer. Juno in cancer or the fourth house. A key desire is finding a nurturing partner to build a deep emotional connection and home life. Sometimes too much cancerian energy moves into being a parent instead of a partner. So watch out for that mm-hmm. tendency. This could be a relationship that happens over time or meet through family, friends or religious institutions. Oh, mm-hmm. also didn't expect that for that. Ex- okay. Yeah. yeah. Religious institutions. Interesting. Yeah. Thought more sedge. Yeah. Uh, Juno and Leo or in the fifth house, a want ad for this Juno may mention wanting to start an empire with someone and who helps you feel seen or inspired to build an empire. Think twice about someone who is just charming, but not able to see you as well. Possible meeting spots could be anywhere with the best and brightest, the hot new restaurant that is hard to get into. I love that for Leo Juno. Like that just seems like like what we, we went over in Patreon about like different drinks and everything for... Uh, mm-hmm. all the different for signs Patreon, i feel like yeah. that just really fits yeah anyways <laughs> i also think though like meeting someone in the theater or meeting someone at a bar or you know like i feel like there are other places to meet with a, a juno in the fifth house yeah i, l- or, like, I really like a someone theater. for your child oh you know like okay, if you're a single parent those. and you meet somebody at a daycare or something yes i like those i really like the theater one mm. okay Juno in Virgo or sixth house, someone who works and functions well in day-to-day life, whether it be washing dishes or simply eating a meal together, makes this partnership world go round. Keep an eye on patterns of getting too obsessed with the intelligence that it loses an emotional bond. This person could very well be right under your nose as a neighbor or someone you see at the grocery store. Yeah. So thinking about your everyday routines, just things you do in the day, who's there when you see, when you're there. It's, lucky it's Juno so, in sixth house that could be anywhere it's so or funny. maybe not lucky for people who want like an actual like location like, yeah meeting spot <laughs> which this is where Juno is right now is it oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure so we're all kind of in experiencing the Juno in Virgo or energy right now I feel like after this episode I need to go look up all of the all of my friends Juno's because I like with with as we're reading these I'm like thinking specific people I'm like oh they've got to be that (laughs) (laughs) oh wait wait wait. I'm so wrong I'm so wrong Juno is in Pisces right now what it's Sari it's Sari's that's in Virgo oh well Ah. Pisces is fun yeah we'll get to it at the very end then (laughs) 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 all right so if you have Juno in Libra or in the seventh house an equal and complement would be the qualities that motivate Juno and Libra most. Beware that equal doesn't always mean just in terms of financial success or a superficial version, but instead mm. someone who gives you a sense of equilibrium. This sign is closely connected to Libra, so aesthetically oriented places such as an art museum or shopping mall. Hmm. Hmm. That's funny. 
I like that. Yeah. Also, maybe at like a convention or something. Yeah, something so trying to think of other like, options too. Yeah. Yeah. Or like even at a bar or at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Social Libra. Mm-hmm. Mm. At a gala. I don't know. Maybe that's like a gala. Yes. <laughs> Regatta gala. Um, Juno in Scorpio or the eighth house, deep soul and intimate bonding create the drive for this asteroid placement. However, lack of intimacy can be mistaken for intensity or power struggle. So keep an eye on the difference between the two. These partners could be found at an empowering workshop or another place of vulnerability. Ooh, another mm. place of vulnerability. Classic Scorpio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Interesting too, because uh, Juno right now being in Pisces is in my eighth house. So little flavors. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. Mm. Juno in Sagittarius or ninth house. This combo craves a vision keeper and idealist or someone to wax poetic poetic about philosophy or travel the world together. The mm. mundane day-to-day relating could feel less interesting with your partner, though a ne- necessary part of bringing it into reality. Perhaps you meet them while traveling or at a mind-expanding conference. Oh, conference, mm. huh? Mm. All right. I, yeah, I'm really curious about these placements or like the the locations that this source is giving because I yeah. also feel like just yeah, traveling or like church, I guess, or yeah, church or at school or you know. There's so many other yeah, things that I would put to ninth house. Yeah. Yeah. University. You're right. Mm-hmm. I met mine traveling and I got Juno and Sag. Yes. Yep. Um, it is my turn. Juno in Capricorn or the 10th house. Uh, Capricorn Juno is motivated by stability and security and a partner, both financially and emotionally. Things to watch out for would be wanting someone who acts as an authority over instead of balance of power. These ideal long-term connections could show up in work situations or related events. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Or like maybe your soulmate is your financial planner. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go get my That's taxes a very done. specific example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my accountant is my soulmate. I think I need help with investing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Investing in takes the glasses off. Yeah. Love. <laughs> Mimi literally just, just did that. For Had, us. To. Yeah. Had to. <laughs> Juno and Aquarius are the 11th house, a quirky or inventive person who keeps you on your toes or helps you lean you more into your creative side. The downside of this placement might mean someone who could be a bit off in the clouds or in their own endeavors. Community connections are ideal for Aquarius energy to expand. So attending meetups or other similar events could be key to meeting the special someone. I don't know that I agree with that though, because that is a very conventional way of meeting somebody is through like an app or through, but I guess also Aquarius rules technology. So Mm -hmm. or meeting someone over the internet or, um, but I also think just like through exploring your own weird uh, like hobbies or interests, like very niche interests, you might meet somebody. But like Aquarius yeah. is ruled by both Uranus and Saturn. So I feel like they're either going to meet somebody in the weirdest like way or a, a, a Juno Aquarius would be like the most like, you know, I was displaying my art like my modern art at a random place where I, I don't know, or I went to a, like, I went to a specific place to be like, I would like to meet someone because 
that is what it is time for me to do now. I don't know. I could see mm-hmm. like, I can see yeah, an Aquarius yeah. doing that. They're like, yeah. I have been told I'm supposed to meet a person and this is hard for me. So I shall meet someone at a singles convention. <laughs> Cause I feel like being married to an Aquarius, I don't think it was that far off from that kind of mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, yeah. Juno in Pisces or 12th house, a dreamer or someone with whom you can cultivate more of your spiritual connection. This placement Mm. may be prone to a fantasy lover versus something more real. So stay on top of projections and illusions. Attending meditation retreats or nature nature inversions, immersions offer opportunities for coming into contact with the divine and the potential partner. So is your potential partner divine? Always. (laughs) <laughs> we're all okay. divine yes, i like are. that because that's also where juno is right now yes you know so yes. it's like we're all experiencing that flavor of trying to find like a more divine or like spiritual connection with our people yes i was just thinking that it's like and also the like i don't know like unconventional goes with Aquarius more than Pisces, but it's like the ways in which we're like exploring, like, oh, like, I think I am going, I don't know. I just, the way people are getting so into astrology and like looking into astrology for, you know, their partner or when they're Mm -hmm. dating someone like that type of stuff. It just seems like it's very present right now. So I love that Juno is also in Pisces. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Jupiter's there. Yeah, that's true. Bigger, better expansion. More is more. Mm. So what about your placements? Like how does your Juno fit into how you met your, your people? Tell us, Martha, you're like saving it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have Juno Sagittarius in the seventh house. Mm. So I met my partner at in that little thing we just read, it was like, or at a museum. So I met my partner while I was on a date with someone else. um in in france so traveling and i met him at a bar which it also said in this it was a bar that was actually an old war boat so it was kind of like a art oh my god oh wow thing and i was on a date and i was in france yeah i love that i love that nothing could be more literal (laughs) yes i love the literal of astrology (laughs) Wow. Um, I actually didn't even know how you guys like met Matt. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you were on a date with somebody else. Well, like, it wasn't, <laughs> he thought it was a date, but I didn't think it was a date. Right. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Classic Sagittarius. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. I love what that. What about you, Sierra? Um, I have Juno and Sagittarius in the 12th house and um, I don't know. I I felt like I can share it better from Guillaume's point of view than mine. Like, I feel like it matches mm-hmm. up better for him. Um, but traveling, like, yes. I mean, I was traveling when we met in person. Like, that was like when we first connected. Well, also, you know? he was foreign. You for know? sure. So exactly. Yeah. Like, the Sagittarius Juno absolutely hits. The Juno in like the 12th house with like the whole like, fantasy versus reality I think like I mean we were long distance for a while and I think the like me the image that I had before the reality of it was something that I had to like that was a not not in a negative way but just realistically was something I had to come to terms with where it's like I've been Mm -hmm. converted like conversing online with this person that's not that was their Mm -hmm. online version of them but like this is a real person that I have to like I think I 
I didn't realize how I would still have to get to really know somebody in person, even though I had already got to know them mm. online because it was kind yeah. of like that fantasy versus reality type of thing. So I totally relate to the fantasy versus reality. But what I love yeah. is that Guillaume is a, he has Capricorn um, Juno and in his second house. And so like Capricorn, like it's all talking about both Capricorn and Taurus, like, you know, being second house, all talking about like craving that like uh, stability, financial stability and like props to him, man, because when he did meet me, I was like a very stable, established, like, uh, you know, (laughs) teacher with a, you know, like forever job and completely independent financially. And now I'm like this floating mystic, but um I love it for him because it said for the second house is when you mentioned that it's interesting that they would pop up like the thing would come up for a matchmaker and also Mm. Capricorn saying like um, these like could show up in work situations or related events. And I'm like almost positive that one of like Guillaume's friends from like his same kind of cohort with like school was like, you need to get on a dating app. And like made him do it. <laughs> and then mm, like he was yes. not on it long when we met. And so I love that it was like this, I don't know, very like, okay, I I, I guess this is what I have to do in order to meet somebody. And mm. I'm floating along in the ether over here. And then like, oh, I got a message from somebody in France, Sagittarius. So I feel like it definitely mm. fits us. Yeah. I love yeah. that you guys both had settings on to meet someone in the like on the other side of the world, basically, <laughs> like yeah. across the ocean. <laughs> that, yeah, that's actually really fascinating. That's so true. Like I never would have had settings like that on. I, I didn't. I like reactivated my app and put the settings on because I was going to be traveling overseas and I j- literally wanted to just oh. meet up with people. And mm. then he just was like, no boundaries, I'm an Aquarius. And so, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Literally. How does it fit for you, Mimi? Well, mine's in my third house and I met my partner at a local bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done. In Love my it. neighborhood. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's so perfect. It was New Year's Eve and yeah. Um, and then That's also thinking, up. also in Libra, we're born 11 days apart. Ah, so, but right. his is in the sixth house. So for him, for me, it was like, uh, well, first off, third house like is supposed to be local travel, but because I traveled so much, like I felt like anything in the US was local travel. And so I was, I'm originally from California, but I was in upstate New York when I met my person. So it still felt like third house local travel. I'm still in my country. But for yeah. him, it's in a sixth house of this is my literal home and I go to these places regularly and et cetera, et cetera. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. And then as for like the give and take or the like, the key motivators in relationship, right? Because this is more than just like the literal, how do you meet your person? But it's also like the inner like relationship needs, you know, like how you compromise, what you compromise on, uh, what you're willing to give versus what you're willing to take. Uh, And I love, I think that my Juno like speaks so true because my Juno in Libra is opposite to my son in Aries. So like there's such a desire to be my own independent person, Mm. but I've also always loved like love I've always loved feeling loved you know and I've always loved Mm. loving somebody else so there's that push and pull of the sun and Aries in the ninth which is like I just want to be completely independent and like fly 
fly wherever and do whatever I want. But there's also that desire to have my person who will always be there and who I'll always be able to talk to and who like brings me home. I Mm. love that both of you also like Mimi, your Juno is in Libra and Martha, your Juno's in the seventh house. And so like you Mm -hmm. guys share that and like, Cause I was, I don't know, just thinking about like what we mentioned earlier about dependency versus independency and how yes. <laughs> like I, I don't have that in the same, I don't have that at all in the same way as like you guys, I think would obviously have it more than me, especially like having Juno and Libra, but Juno and Sagittarius, it's just such a freedom needing thing as well. Mm-hmm. And like giving freedom too, which is actually something that like, you know, my Aquarius person absolutely needs freedom. And my Juno is like, here you go, man. <laughs> like Here it is. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and me needing that too. I definitely feel the, um, yeah, like the needs in a relationship, like being with somebody whose Juno is in Capricorn in like that second house, like that earthiness, like I've got a crazy Capricorn stellium and totally offer that like, I don't know. You don't have to worry about me and my, I don't know, financial needs. You don't have to worry about me and my like ability to get shit done. I don't know. Like there's that, Mm -hmm. um, definitely fulfilling of that for, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause you talked about like, give like, I don't know. Cause I have that Sagittarius Juno too. And I, want that freedom but I can't give it in the same way as you and maybe it's because mm. it's in my seventh house yeah I'm not sure yeah. I'm more dependent so it's it's interesting like seeing where it's placed in your chart the differences totally. too because you can have the same placement but like feel differently and that's like Mimi what you said like you're reading about how the house really has a huge effect on that Juno placement yeah because the Libra seems to be over not like overruling but like really present over the Sag for you, Martha. And like mine's in Pisces. I mean, it's in the 12th house. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm just floating. Yeah. And actually I feel like maybe I'm lying. I do give a lot of freedom, but the idea of Louie going away for like three months, like I did, that Mm -hmm. freaks me out. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, I don't know that I like am willing to give as much as I take in my relationship either which you would think for Juno and Libra uh which don't call me out my relationship's very healthy so it works <laughs> for both of us <laughs> um but my partner honors like my I don't know he honors that Aries with his Virgo moon he like really does love to be of service you know and mm. my Aries son really loves feeling like somebody cares enough to be of service to me without me having to ask you know, so that mm. that's what we mean when there's like a heavy aspect to Juno or not heavy, but when there's a, a strong aspect to Juno, like pay attention to those planets, yeah. because for you, Martha, with it being Mercury, there's a lot about needing to communicate or having communication and, you know, speaking in Leo, right? Like expression of self mm-hmm. And for you, Sierra, like your Jupiter and Leo, this, the independence in your relationship allows you to like, let yourself shine in the biggest ways. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's so accurate. Yeah. 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 If anybody wants to like, you know, you're struggling with aspects and how to interpret them yourself. I did find a really good source uh, called 12inus.com where they have, uh, you know, Juno in aspect to all planets, but also you're free to reach out to us because we love chatting. So we do. Yeah. Oh, I 
I really, <laughs> I say it every time, but it's like, we didn't go in order for these and the ones that we needed to do when we needed to do them. I feel like we were, you know, talking about how this like recent full moon and Taurus and everything, like there was a lot of relationship heavy stuff going on just like oh, recently yeah. there's a lot of relationship yeah. heavy stuff and here we are talking about like juno which is the relationship astro <laughs> you know yeah. yes you're right yeah. yeah venus is not fucking around right now yeah which but at the time of recording it's november 9th who knows when you're listening but the full moon in taurus the eclipse just passed uh yeah ruled by venus no, she's really not. If you want to no. know more about transits, check out the Patreon. But I was wondering if you guys put all of your like relationship things together, like Venus, seventh house, vertex, and Juno. Is there any more depth given there? Okay. They're all in my seventh. Are they? I, I, don't, I can't. Can you tell me where vertex is in my chart though? Yeah. Your vertex is in Scorpio. It's conjunct your moon. Oh, how fun. What does that mean? <laughs> uh means maybe faded meetings when yeah i don't know we need to talk about vertex in and out that i'm upset okay yeah we'll do um, that in another episode see you answer what she just said <laughs> well you said looking at looking at more depth of like you know okay if we're looking at what you said seventh house and juno and what now venus and, and venus vertex. and vertex um yeah I mean it just I feel like it's the same message <laughs> over and over again because yeah. I've got I mean also I've got um my Juno conjunct my Lilith so that's interesting um because mm, yeah. I, I feel like that makes a lot of sense why I have rightful rage when it comes to the people in my life being in the happiest partnerships possible because that's oh, like oh oh okay <laughs> <laughs> we're going there <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> that that I realize is because I'm like, where does that come from? Wow. I think it comes from Juno being conjunct Lilith, where I'm literally I think this episode's over. Are you kidding me? That was so perfectly <laughs> said. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, those re- moments of realization when you're uh, like looking at your own chart. Yeah. Or in this case, your best friend's chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so- shook. We, uh, Martha's shook. Yeah, yeah Martha is just shocked. <laughs> I think, um, I think well, you're thanks the- for listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but I can, I could go into it. I could talk about my, my seventh house. Yeah. Thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. So yeah. accurate. Yeah. So see what else it is like. That's what we mean by heavy aspect where it is literally mm. like, I'm at like 11 and 12 degrees or 12 and 13 degrees Sagittarius for like my, um Lilith and Juno and I think uh I think that yeah that pretty much says it all rightful rage I'm curious what uh yeah no you hit the nail on the head no need to Mm -hmm. to (laughs) beat a dead horse just put two metaphors next to each other uh (laughs) I am curious like what a cool game would be game but like to look at just the asteroids and just those like really feminine points Mm. and like not any of the other planets but just the asteroids just the just the um let's do a patreon about it oh that's a great idea all right head on over to patreon become a star yeah (laughs) yeah become a star let's literally write that down before we try (laughs) thank you martha (laughs) and it's over no um yeah and farewell (laughs) well i'm gonna i guess i'll wrap it up for you know 
if you are new and listening here, um, this has been really fun. I really yeah. like the revelations that we came up with and love exploring these asteroids. If you enjoyed this, check us out over on Instagram at the stars made me podcast. You can find us individually as well. You've got me over at magical.bookclub. You've got Martha at divine alignment. Divine alignment with Martha? With Martha. Why did yeah. I just blank on that? Oh, I'm she sorry. got it wrong this I, time. <laughs> I know, but I change it sometimes. So. <laughs> at, at Divine Alignment with Martha. And you can check out Mimi over at Mimi's.me and HarveyMountain.alchemy. And yeah, check us out on Patreon. We've got like really good, good stuff coming at you regularly. <laughs> And if you like this episode, just a reminder that there are two other asteroid episodes out as well as a Lilith episode, and then, you know, just classic and fun astrology content. So give us a Mm. like, a a rating, a review. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. It's the Juno episode. We want you to love us. Yeah, we do. Yeah. (laughs) It's in Pisces. That was cringy. Oh my God. (laughs) Martha was so here for it though. Her eyes got big. (laughs) I'm always here for it. All of it. I'll jump. I'll jump in. So Mimi. Yeah. Why did we talk about Juno today? Because the stars made us do it. Yeah.